gentlemen, and welcome back to today's episode of Uncaged Heroes. We are so glad that you've taken time out of your day to kick back and relax and meet yet another amazing individual from around the world that does amazing things to serve mankind and move this world forward. I'm Stacey Johnston, honored to sit here beside my co-host, Cassie Holland, with you today. How are you? I am doing wonderful. I've decided that the groundhog is a liar because it's way too warm and we have way too many bees for there to be six more weeks of winter. <laughs> we might actually get to bust punk Tony Phil this time. We might. Not, up. Hmm. I love it. I know it's supposed to be around 80 degrees here tomorrow, but then it cools off about 35 degrees the next day, so maybe it's a little confused whether or not that was a shadow or not. So, so Catherine, we're getting ready to have these conversations. You, you homeschool your children. You have activities and dancing and jujitsu and so many things going on, but yet you take time out of your day to have these conversations with us. What draws you to them? It makes me appreciate how many – it makes me appreciate how people do life, right? Because I know that I have a lot going on, and, you know, no matter what's going on, I still have priorities. And I think that it, it's fascinating to me to see how people do the, you know, different things that they do and do life. I love it. I really do, too. I, I, you know, I think I've said more than once, I think it's proof for me that there's, there's room for your idea. You know, there's room for you to be who you want to be, and there's the most beautiful space provided by people, for people, all around the world to accomplish the coolest things. And I really love being a part of that and just getting to highlight that and introduce that. Cause I, I, I believe that whoever needs to hear what's coming along gets to hear it. And had they not, or had we not had this conversation, that information not, might not be out there for them. And so I think it's such a blessing to all those people that we touch. Without any further ado, let's get this show on the road and bring in our guest for today. We have a lady joining us from Orange County, California, and her name is Roya Tidu. How are you today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. We're really glad you're here. How about you kick us off? Tell us who is Roya, what do you do, how come you do that, and how can we connect with you? Well, my name is Roya Dado, rhymes with Play-Doh, which is handy because I am a licensed therapist and playful parenting expert, so it's nice that my last name rhymes with Play-Doh. Um, and Kathy, I was hearing you talk about homeschooling your kids, and I'm actually a grown homeschooler and a homeschooling parent myself, and I work with a lot of homeschooling families um, as a licensed therapist. And so that's really what I spend quite a lot of my time doing is working with parents and being a parent. And um, if anything I say today interests anybody, if you search for my name, Roya Dato, you can find me, Roya Dato, um, my website, royadata.com, on TikTok, on Instagram, everything's royadata. Okay. Can you spell your last name for our listening audience? Because I know that it is not phonetically spelled the way it is spelled on paper. <laughs> it is not. It's not. In fact, <laughs> I still have to repeat it to myself sometimes. <laughs> um, but, so it's R-O-Y-A is my first name, and my last name is D-E-D-E-A-U-X. There you go. Beautiful. You know how many times I would have tried to spell Dago and never found it? <laughs> you know, Forever. Exactly. So thank, thank you so much for sharing that. So what do you 
tell, tell us about your practice. What do you spend the most time doing? What do you see the, the, what's working and what's the biggest barriers you see out there today? Um, so this has been quite a, a long time coming. So my, I, I grew up as an, um, a homeschooler, like I said, and because of that, I had a tremendous amount of time where my parents were really, really helping me dive into my passion. And I was a both feet in, like, I, that was my life. I lived and breathed whatever I was interested in for, like, three to six months at a time, and then I'd move on to the next thing. And because we homeschooled, we had the chance to. And so, you know, I was on swim teams and in Shakespeare theater groups, and I was deeply invested in ceramics and just all sorts of things. And I could not figure out, as I got older, what the heck I wanted to start narrowing down. And every time I started to think about the idea of narrowing something down, um, I'd just get contrary and not want to do it. And so we discovered the degree recreation and leisure studies. And I realized that was what I could do where I wouldn't have to choose. So I got a degree in rec and leisure and found my people and found my philosophies and found all these things that I need to be true for my own experience of how important it was for me to have parents who really supported my interests. And I found a, a degree and an academic school of thought that really backed why that's so important. Then fast forward uh, later, and I went back to get my um, master's and to become a therapist and found the psych component of why that was so beneficial and so important. And, um, you know, discovered positive psychology and did a lot of work with parents and community mental health. And so the reason I'm giving you this whole background is because that really funnels into what I do now, which is working with parents to help them support their kids' interests and have better relationships with them and for their kids to have better mental health. And it really comes down to valuing what kids are interested in and being wholehearted supporters of those things. And so um, I've worked with a lot of parents and I speak at conferences and I have my private practice, which I love getting to work with families individually. And then I also wrote a book called Connect with Courage on the same thing. And I have a monthly membership group that's called Play with Purpose. And it's, it's all about play, but it's not about just play, if that makes sense. It's, it's um, about playfulness and supporting what we think of as being lighthearted and play, but it's not just about monopoly. Mm. I really like that. I have a background. We have about a tour of your history in uh, family services and the adult mm, yeah, and yeah. adolescent behavioral health field. So, yeah, I know how important play therapy and having some quality therapists are. It's so important. It's so important. Let me ask you one question, and I'm going to turn it over to Cassie. Have you seen this shift in the dynamics of what you teach in the last couple of years after parents were put in a position to really kind of some of them get to know their kids for the first time in a while? Yeah, I think there's been a huge shift. Um, I think first off, we have a generation of parents who also value play. Like we've got our first generations of parents who have, you know, played video games before their kids played video games and things like that. So we've got people who intuitively understand the importance of supporting those things and how it felt if theirs weren't valued. And then with this whole here pandemic, we've also got people who, um, well, just our lifestyles changed pretty dramatically. And so we had to, we saw a lot of shifting about what was valued, where we spent our time, and what, um, what we thought of as important. And our priorities changed. And then a lot more parents just spending a lot more time with their kids, like just the actual hours in a day. 
And so getting to, to spend more time playing or doing things that were like, okay, after chores and after schoolwork and after homework, then we'll get to it, they had more time to get to it. And so I'm seeing big shifts there where people are seeing the value of those things and combine that with much higher levels of anxiety across the board. I think a lot of parents are a lot more clued into um, that it's important to be proactive with mental health for themselves and for their kids and um, that they're seeing that supporting their kids' interests is one in the past for better mental health. Great, great information. Cassie, young parent, homeschool mom, talk to me. (laughs) That is is the A1 reason I decided to homeschool was so that I could spend time honing in on their creative interests. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that gets overlooked in public education is 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 that specific thing you know yeah. at, at some point they're taught to sit down and be quiet and not ask questions and I, that shuts down so much of that imagination and creativity and I'm just not okay with that yeah oh it's just the curiosity that that can get squashed I mean I, I went to public school actually till the end of fourth grade and I pulled out so I have some personal experience and it's funny we were just um my family, I have a almost eight-year-old and a newly five-year-old and a newly one-year-old. And we were just, we, we go to all the, we try, we're trying to get to every single national park, which wouldn't be possible, I think, if they were in school. Um, but we were at Death Valley National Park last week, and there was something about the kangaroo rat. And I remember being so angry in fourth grade because I was really into marine biology, and I really wanted to study sea lions. And I just, and I would have been just, head over heels. I would have taken that and just gone so far with it. And I was randomly assigned deserts and the kangaroo rat. And to this day, I'm resentful about that. And I I begrudged that assignment. I didn't want to learn anything about the desert. And, you know, I just had a missed opportunity. And I still think about it. I was telling my kids about it. And just the, the potential and the creativity and the curiosity that totally got squashed because they didn't take what I was interested in. Mm-hmm. I agree with that wholeheartedly. So let's take this on a different a different route. If there was a specific definition for hero, what would it be? And is there someone in your life that you would define as a hero? Uh, well, the first thing that comes to mind because we were talking about homeschooling uh, is, you know, is my parents or are my parents. Um, my homeschooling was my mom's idea. And in a time where I didn't know anybody who was homeschooling, when we chose, you know, it's really different today, but I'm 37 years old. And so back then nobody was doing it. Um, and we, so she decided to do something differently. And that's just so incredible to me. And especially because she comes from a family of educators. Everyone on her side of the family is a teacher of some kind. And so for her to do that so differently and really trust herself and then trust us and trust the look in our eyes and trust the things that that lit us up and gave us the spark, uh, I've just been impressed with her doing that forever. And I'm equally as impressed with my father who's an immigrant from Iran who came to this country 
at the ripe old age of like 25-ish and didn't speak English, came here, went to college, um, and then to trust my mom to do that. Like, that's just so incredible. And and he, he grew to be on board eventually, but it was definitely led by my mom. And so I'm just impressed with both of them for being such pioneers in that area. And um, my mom especially has continued. She's spoken at so many conferences and been on boards of homeschooling organizations and run hotlines and just so many things. that I think she's really helped so many other kids who have been truly traumatized from their school experience that she's changed the lives of I don't even know how many thousands of people. And so I guess if, if I take my, my personal heroes and then think about the broader definition, I do think life-changing is part of it, um, people who make an impact on other people's lives and, uh, and add richness to the world. And maybe even a dose of figuring out figuring out how like not just what their message is, but the best way that they can do it and like just really diving in. Hmm. It's beautiful. I really have loved the definitions that we've gotten. You know, <clears throat> we talked to uh, over and over and over on the show about how you get this preconceived notion when you hear the word hero or Captain America immediately comes to your mind or Spider-Man, right, this wealthy person in this corner office. But what we've learned is that 99.8% of the time, the definition of a hero is somebody that just comes alongside you and does something amazing in your life. And, and yeah. Inspires in some way. It, it's, it's the most beautiful thing to hear. The stories that we have heard are just fabulous, but so many of them are my dad, my mom, my grandparents, my uncle, yeah. my my Sunday school teacher, my, my third grade history teacher, just these ordinary people that came alongside and did something extraordinary that lasted. These yeah. are the most beautiful stories. I love them. Well, even if you think about, like, you know, our, our superheroes in movies and stuff, I think the superheroes that, that stick the most, that people identify with the most, are also the ordinary people, right? The, the folks with the origin story where it could have been you. And then something happened, and then they responded in an extraordinary way. Or they responded to extraordinary circumstances in just a, a good way. Um, I, I think that's, we all really, I don't know, I'm a huge Marvel fan. I watch a lot of superhero stuff. <laughs> so, and it's something in my practice, too. We talk a lot about um, superheroes and how to, how to be what what are the qualities of a superhero, you know, and we talk about bravery and we talk about dealing with barriers and bad guys and um, I'm a narrative therapist, so we turn a lot of our inner inner painful feelings into creatures or monsters or bad guys and how do we how do we deal with them? And so yeah, I I agree. I think I I wouldn't be shocked if most people said somebody they know. Mm, it's pretty neat. So, Cass, again, there you are with a seven-year-old superhero bedroom worshiper. I'm going to say we're, uh, we're also Marvel buffs in this house. So. <laughs> I'm so behind. I have a one-year-old. <laughs> but I love it. It's okay. My kids, my kids are seven, five, and three. So. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> my husband is actually the one that started the Marvel addiction, so I appreciate that from him. <laughs> That is. Do we have any any favorite Marvel in your household? Uh, well, we battle between Spider Man and Captain America. 
Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Hmm. I think that's probably my. I have I have two sisters, and I know one is for sure 100%. It's Captain America all the way. <laughs> and I think I go. I'm a, a fair weather superhero person. I or not superhero in general, but I. Whoever I watch last tends to be my favorite. <laughs> I'm going to support the current hero. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Actually, I have to say, I'm. Um, have you watched Shield? Agents of Shield. Uh, we started it. That I, I enjoy. I haven't watched all the Marvel TV shows because I just don't have the time in my life at the moment, and there are a lot. But I have watched all of Shield, and I just love the fact that it's these. It's talented people, and there's some superhero aspects, but the premise of it is like the the ordinary office workers who go along behind the superheroes, you know, and clean up after them. And uh, I just love that show. So that's probably in terms of the Marvel world, that's my favorite. I just cool. had a, a quilt made for my son with, like, uh, comic book Marvel strips, you know, mm-hmm. or into the work for it. So <laughs> he was like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so if there was a life lesson that you felt like everybody listening should hear, Can you say that one more time? I lost you. Oh, you cut off right there, Kev. Oh, I'm sorry. I said if you had one life lesson to share with our audience that you think everybody ought to hear, what would it be? <sighs> Give kids more time. Play more. That's the most valuable work that they're doing. We, we get into this weird thing where we understand with little kids, with babies, right? We, we understand that they learn how to walk and talk by nursery rhymes and sing songs and we, we clap and we play. We don't give them walking tests and we don't give them, like, learn how to speak flashcards. And we understand that humans learn pretty innately from being curious and having things be fun. And then we even understand that with like preschool age to some extent, but then something happens for many people where we think all of a sudden they turn a certain age and that's not how we learn anymore. And that's absolutely not true. We keep learning when things are engaging, when things are fun, when we can be creative and make mistakes and have divergent thinking. And when things get anxious or if there's pressure or stress, we don't learn. We might survive and we might, um, you know, make it through, but we don't learn. Those aren't the right conditions for that. And so I think so many of us have, I don't know, we get this idea that we're only supposed to play, but for so much or for so long. And we cut our kids off from connections by cutting them off from what they're interested in too soon. And so I think that if I could just tell parents especially, but also individuals for themselves, that, like, it's okay if your kid wants to spend hours and hours and hours doing one thing. It's really okay to give them that time, to think about how it is for you. You're really invested in something. You don't want someone in coming in and saying, okay, you did it for 20 minutes, that's enough, now move on. You want 
to have people come in and show interest and to listen and to be excited for you or to look at the progress you've made or just to share in that. And so I think that's, this is a convoluted answer. <laughs> the short answer is give them time, but, but the reason is longer. And, and the reason I think matters. I think that we need time to develop passions and we need time to develop our own voice and to trust ourselves. That this is what we want to do. And if we, if we cut kids off from things before they've had the chance to learn those things, in something that's kind of silly, like a video game or a computer game or something where it's no low stakes, then when they get older and the stakes are higher, they haven't had practice trusting themselves and listening to their voice and being valued. And that raises all sorts of other issues for safety and well-being. So give your kids time. Don't interrupt. Beautiful. You know, as a, as a grandparent... I wish I would have known 35 years ago a lot of the things that I don't know. Right? I think it would have been easier. Yeah. I think I'd have had a lot, a lot of different appreciation for different things. You know, yeah. we talked more than once about where, where in their life does the wonder go? Because I watch yeah. my grandchildren and they're they're fascinated by everything, right? They just yeah. want to learn and explore and touch it and feel it and smell it and taste it. And how does it work? And then at some point we're, we're coaching and we're working with junior high and high school kids and we're trying to teach them how to dream again and how to ask the questions again. Right. So where does the, right. where does the wonder go, right? So I don't, don't want to lose yeah. where does the wonder go. And it's, it's a great yeah. question. And, and who takes yeah. the wonder away? So beautiful lesson. You know, beautiful lesson. I think that's why it's, it's, it's easier sometimes for grandparents, right, because there's like this, this – um, like I did the, the hard part. Now I just get to enjoy the kids, right? And so I get to say yes. And so mm-hmm. that's what I want for more parents. Enjoy the kids. Mm-hmm. Get to say yes, you know. Take some of that pressure off. And that comes from fear. So just, yeah, more parents being less yeah. fearful and enjoying their kids. And that need to excel. I know for my generation especially, we spent so much time trying to be really good parents, you know, making mm-hmm. sure we daughtered all the I's and crossed all the T's and got other thing and had the game in the backpacks and the snack at soccer and, and everything was all done. Our kids were all busy and everybody was all happy that we missed a lot of the wonder. Yeah, it just it, it you know it went by, and so I think that's one of the gifts of being a grandparent is that we get to wonder. Yeah, you know, yeah. responsible for that other part, so that pressure is off, and you just get to absorb that. It's beautiful, yeah. love that. Yeah, Cassie, yeah. that resonate so with you as a mom. <clears throat> I think that's one of the reasons that parents freaked out when all of a sudden they had to spend so much time with their kids. Because they weren't used to having to give that time, if that makes sense. And not necessarily in a negative way, but, you know, somebody else, there was a a buffer, right? There was somebody there to answer those questions and deal with the what-ifs and all that, right? So I think that is part of the reason that they were just like, oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know what to do. But, you know. Really, though, I mean, I, I appreciate that because they will tell you what they want and how they feel if you just listen. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and a lot of it is yeah. not a lot of it is not what they say, but a lot of what well, they don't say, right? And and I think that so much of it too, like why why 
again, back to the grandparent thing, right? Like, why can you relax about that? And where, what's the fear that parents have that prevents them from it? Because it is from fear. And so if you can take a step back and watch your kid, they are telling you or showing you what they want to be doing. And they're showing you what they're interested in. And so many parents get this fear that, like, it's not, it's not the right thing or it's not the thing that's going to lead to success later. And what we forget is that there is not just one path to that. Even if there is, like, one definition of success, which there isn't, there's not just one path to that thing. And so even if you learn the lesson in a video game, it's still a lesson that you've learned and that you can use and apply later on. And even if you learned the lesson, I mean, whether it's a big picture lesson or, like, a specific piece of information or hand-eye coordination. Like, we, our skills and our strengths can generalize to other areas. And so if parents can watch where their kids are interested, what makes their kids' eyes light up, and start with that as the foundation, I really think a lot of that pressure will get taken away from parents. We just get told that we're supposed to do it in certain ways. And I think that's really negative for a lot of parents and, and impacts kids. Yeah, you know, one of the things we talk about is that the, there are a skin a cat and every one of them is successful, you know. Normalizing being, you know, whatever it is that you want to be will relieve a lot of pressure. Yeah, and I think we give a lot of kids a lot of pressure about whatever that end result thing is, you know, and I couldn't have told you I was going to be a therapist when I was even 15, you know, or whatever age high school's graduate people now in 18. <laughs> I couldn't have told you that. Mm-hmm. But now I, I turn around and look backwards and it makes perfect sense to me. You know, I'm working with people, I'm working with parents, I'm working with kids. I do a lot of play, I get to write, you know, all, all of those things. I look backwards now and it makes sense. But for so mm-hmm. many of us, we get just told that like you're supposed to figure out, you're supposed to be able to stand here and look forward and there's the path and now you do the things that get you down that path. And any of us who that doesn't work for, we feel like there's something wrong that it doesn't work for us and that that adds to the whole thing. And yeah, I think just, so I go back over and over to give kids more time because they'll tell you, they'll show you. And it shows respect for them. If you can let them make those decisions and even if they mess up, I'd rather my kids are messing up about how many hours they spend playing Minecraft and figure themselves out that way than mess up about how drinks they drink later or you know things like that it's much lower stakes amen i appreciate that all right let's take this another little turn right quick and let's put you on the pedestal and we'll give you a moment to recognize that you were probably more people's hero in a day than you realize and so thank you for what you do for the peace that you provide for that for that courage for the answer to fear and for the families that you help so i will, I will say thank you on your behalf and we're your case proudly so while you're standing there in that kite and you have an opportunity to make a one-line statement of wisdom to the world, what's your one-liner? What does your T-shirt say? Connect with courage. Find joy in the places your children take. Connect with courage. That's beautiful. Expand on that for us just a little bit. I think... We, especially parents, get all this, you know, we get pressure, we get, we get how-to books even before our babies are born, right? You know, all the stuff that we've just been talking about, that we've got to figure this out and take care of them this way and do all this. And we sometimes, I think, forget to, um, to back up a second and just be delighted by them. 
and have fun, and we get to be, like, excited for them. We get to be their friends, and we get to watch their eyes light up, and we get to enjoy our kids. And somewhere along the way, we got the message that we're not supposed to enjoy our children, and that's just terrible. And so my, my book is actually called Connect with Courage, and the reason is because the connection piece, that's all that we've talked about, right, that I think that, that later success and well-being comes from connecting with our kids. It comes from connecting our kids to the things that they're interested in. It comes from us connecting to the things our kids are interested in. It's like if we if we take their interest and then let it be that like spider web of this connects to this, connects to this, reminds me of this, then we cover all the subjects can just go really, really far. That one interest can take us in a lot of different directions. And so in terms of connection, I think that's really, really important. But then we're often afraid to. And so that's the courage piece, is to connect with courage, to trust that what your kids are interested in is valuable. It will lead them places. It will lead you places that are incredible that you wouldn't have ever imagined. And you can do that with courage. And so that's, that's connect with courage. I like it. I love it. The, the statements are so beautiful, and the stories behind them are just, inspiring. I mean, if nothing else, I'll, whoever listens to this say, just takes a moment and reflects on that. And I, yeah. ladies, I could keep this going all day, but we're at that place. We're going to have to wind down with respect to you, Gloria, and with respect to our audience. <clears throat> We'd love for you to remember that we're always brought to you by Enlighten Up and Guided by Grace. If we can serve you in some way, if you have a story you'd like to share, if you just want to have a conversation with us, we're interested in what you have to say. So please reach out to us at herobiller2020 at gmail.com. I'm going to start by saying thank you, Julia, for your time, for your wisdom, for what you do, for the people you serve, and the life that you show. Thank you for being with us today. Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today? I would just kind of like to feed off the conversation. You know, your kids are as cool and as fun as you make them, right? So all they know is what you teach them from the get-go. So have fun. <laughs> kids are so fun. <laughs> kids are so fun. My kids are way better than TV. So <laughs> have fun with the children. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Your kids sound like a delight. <laughs> Her kids have a great time. They have a great time. They are going to grow up and go, man, we had more fun when we were kids. Yeah. Absolutely. They're, they're very fortunate to get that joy in their life. Goya, we would be honored if you would take the stage and close out our show for us today. Again, I'm going to say thank you. And how would you like to leave our audience today? Oh, I just want to say that even if you have trouble doing any of these things, I mean, even the most well-meaning, loving parents struggle with going against the grain of what we're told we're supposed to do. And so I just want to let you know that there are people out there who are there to help support you in that. And I'm sure there are many of them who have been on this podcast. And if I can be of help, please reach out. Again, royadato.com, R-O-Y-A-D-E-D-E-A-U-X.com. I've got a monthly group. I've got webinars. I've got the book, Connect with Courage. And I'm also really available. So you can send me a message, follow me on Instagram, and and reach out, and I'd be glad to chat.